Good morning, everybody, and everybody, and or anybody who's looking in on this uh, this uh, this uh, uh, message this morning. We want to thank you, all those in Christian Coffee Time, and others that look in on us. We just want to thank you for that. Take your Bibles, please, and go to Luke chapter 19. As we're going to kind of continue on from last week. And we've been looking, uh, going through the Gospels, going through chronologically somewhat, and then we left off some of the things going on. We were staying in the book of John for a while. But we're going to go back to Luke 19 because Luke has a little more information for us than John does on this particular subject and topic. Let's just have a word of prayer first of all. Our Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time for us to look into, the, into, the, into your word. And we pray that, Lord, you help us with the applications to your Holy Spirit. Fill us up and help us to rejoice in Christ our Savior. And right now, as we look at your word, we thank you now for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 19 and uh, verse uh, 28 to 41. Now, we're not going to go through it um, verse by verse. We may refer to a few things in that. Um, we're going to do it a little different this morning. We're going to have a message about a particular thing. And so we'll, we'll do that. Last week we looked at uh, the Lord Jesus on his triumphal entry. And we're going to look at the triumphal entry, another aspect of it this week. Last week we looked at the aspect of um, the Lord coming in, uh, riding in on the uh, colt, uh, riding in on that colt as a uh, conquering king, as, um, uh, uh, as is referenced in this uh, portion of Scripture. That reference is Zechariah 9.9 in Zechariah way back uh, 520 B.C., okay? Over 500 years before Jesus rode in on that, that uh, colt of a donkey into Jerusalem, uh, Zechariah was told to write this down. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Over 500 years before, the people say, well, what's the Bible? Well, it's the word of God. That's, that's, that's a prophecy right there. And Jesus writing in over 500 years later fulfilled that prophecy right to a, to a T. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Who could do that? God could do that. Eh? It's not guesswork or anything. God did that. God said, Zechariah, write that down. And he did. And there we have it. And there we have that this morning. As we look at this aspect, we're going to look at the picture of, of uh, one of the players in this. This is a, a kind of a rerun. We've done this uh, message several times before over the years and such. And a few things different and a few things the same. The original uh, idea, if you say it that way, um, Willie Mullen brought a message similar to this at one time. And I remember that. And like one fellow said, he milked the cow, but I made the butter. Um, uh, we have this here idea of the uh, picture in the Bible of, uh, of the servant of the Lord. Now we have this uh, colt, this donkey. We're going to look at that this morning. You probably remember we've done this before, as I said. But here we have um, many people. There's multitudes and multitudes of people here. You have some of the key players. You have the Lord Jesus himself, of course, and others. But we're going to look at an animal this morning and see how this animal pictures something for us and shows us something. You know, in, in nature, God has shown us that everything's got a meaning to it, it seems. You know, the color of the grass, the green, is that's a color of renewal and such. 
Uh, look at the trees. We've often talked about the deciduous tree and the uh, coniferous tree. The one with the, uh, the needles that stay on it, that's showing the believer. He's kind of, it doesn't shed his, uh, uh, his leaves. The others, the, uh, the leaves are shed. What does it say about Isaiah? talks about uh, our, uh, our, uh, the wind, like our iniquities carry us away. All right, I got that backwards. And we can see that sort of thing. But everything's a picture. The sun in the sky, the moon in the sky, all things. We look at this animal and we see this picture of a believer. The believer in Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at eight things about this particular colt, this little donkey that Jesus rode in on and draw out some things for ourselves and uh, we pray for revival and we all need revival and such. And, and uh, here's one of the things, uh, some of the things for us to consider. Now remember, we talked last week about the, uh, the Bible tells us in uh, John chapter 12, verse 2, that six days before the Passover, he was at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house having supper. And you go back, the Passover is on the Saturday, back up six days, so he's there on our Sunday. And then it tells us in verse 12 of chapter 12 of John, I think it is, it says the next day, talking about he rode in. Okay, so that's a Monday. It's very important for us because you have the Monday, as we looked at, for those that uh, weren't listening to last week or whatever, didn't get to hear it, back in Exodus uh, ch chapter um, chapter 12, I think, verse 5 to, uh, verse 2 to 5, is it 12? Exodus 12? I think it is, yes. Exodus 12, verses 2 to 5, we have where the Lord gave the, uh, the beginnings of the Passover, and he said, in regard to the lamb that every household was to take, select your lamb on the uh, 10th day of the month. That was the first month, uh, which is Nisan, which would be Nisan 10, they select a lamb, and then four days later they would kill it for the Passover. Okay? So we have, when God does things, God's a God of order. And all those things that are pictures of Christ. So we see Jesus riding in on the Monday, uh, Nisan 10. So we want to find what day is the 14th. Well, it's pretty easy. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You go ahead to four days. You've got the Friday is Nisan 14 is the day that that the lambs were killed. Jesus Christ rides in and he's offering himself up as the sacrificial lamb of God for the sins of the whole world. Amen? Amen. And then he's crucified on Friday. That's just one of the ways that we can uh, see and understand that it was a Friday and there's other ways as well. So that's just some background for us. But we want to have a look at um, this uh, cult. Zechariah prophesied of it, as I said, Zechariah 9, 9. Write that down and read that. Familiarize yourself with that. So we have here um, in verse uh, 28 of chapter 19, And when he had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany on the mount called uh, the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, wherein... Yet never man sat, loose him, and bring him hither. Nobody had ever sat on this animal before. He brought the colt. He says, bring the colt and its mother as well. Okay, There's a, That's a whole another uh, uh, rabbit trail, another picture for us, another story for us, but not this morning. And if anyone, anyone asks you, why do you loose him? And thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Now, I was originally going to bring a message about the two uh, minor players here that aren't mentioned much at all. 
you know, one of the other a minor player, was a major player, was the owner of the colt and the donkey, the donkey and the colt. That soon they just said, you know, the Lord has need. That individual probably knew the Lord somehow, eh? And but we're not going to look at him. We're going to look at the animal, and let's have a look at these things. We're going to look at eight things about this donkey that we can apply to our lives and uh, um, see ourselves as this servant of the Lord and how things went for him. An ass, a donkey, a lowly donkey. I remember one fellow saying, one time one preacher said, the devil wants to make the Bible into a dirty book. Mm -hmm. They used to call donkeys an ass. Today it's kind of a curse word or a vulgar kind of a word. You don't use that and people laugh and snicker about that kind of thing, but that's what it used to be called. I think the devil's got hold of that one mm -hmm. and changes your mind the way you think about things. It's back when uh, back when this was given to us, that's what it was called. We know it as a donkey. Interesting, I remember last time, it was a few, quite a few years ago we went through this and our neighbors have some creatures over there and I went and had a look at the donkey there and indeed it has a cross on its back. Isn't that amazing folks? And the fur, fur is it fur? The hair? That makes a, there's a cross on the back of the thing. Isn't that amazing? Go find a donkey and go have a look at this. <laughs> go have a look at that. Anyways, um, Exodus chapter 13, write that down. Exodus 13 verses 12 and 13. It says that when um, a colt is born, uh, the firstling, the firstborn of an ass is to be redeemed. What, is it, what does redeemed mean? It means to buy back. We get the image and the picture of a uh, bought out of the slave market and set free to be redeemed. Now this this uh, young colt would have to be, and it had to be redeemed. It had to be bought with the blood of a lamb. Hey, that'll preach. Where did you hear that before? And that's what the Bible's all about. Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb of God, gave his life on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood as the sacrificial lamb of God to wash away the sins of anybody that will believe in him and trust in him. Amen? Amen. But this colt, it says in Exodus 13, verse 12 and 13, the first leg, the firstborn of a colt, is to be redeemed. It had to be bought with the blood of a lamb. Or it was to be put to death. See? The blood of the lamb saved it from death. Hey, that'll preach too. If you're writing things down, what messages is that? It'll preach this whole thing. It's just amazing. But we see in Luke chapter 19, we're looking at here, we see that the colt was redeemed. How do we know that? Because it was alive. Okay? And uh, Jesus was going to uh, pick this particular colt and, and ride it in. It was purchased. Uh, verse 31, it tells us, uh, And if anyone asks you, why do you lose him? Thus say ye unto him, because the Lord has need of him. The Lord has need of him. Now remember, we're looking at this, this donkey as a picture of the servant of the Lord as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are one of his servants. He wants to use us for various things and to do his work, to, to carry him here, and that we are his arms, his legs, his voice. We're, we're, we're to give ourselves for him, to do his work, right? We know that. And this is what this is picturing for us. Uh, the Lord hath need of him. You know, the Lord has need of you right now, of me right now. And I was thinking about this, oh Lord, forgive me. I don't want to meet the Lord yet. I don't, 
think I've done what I'm supposed to do yet. We pray about revival. Revival starts in our own hearts. We pray, you pray for revival for yourself. I'll pray for revival for myself. Never mind the person next to you and so on and so forth. Pray for yourself. Mm -hmm. The Lord has need of us. God has given to us what he calls this ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. That means we are the ones that have the message. We have the medicine for the sickness of death. We have the answer to eternal life and everything, and that's Jesus Christ, and he must go and tell people. Okay? God has need of us to live for him, to speak up for him. Um, this animal was redeemed. Now, it was redeemed, and the Lord had need of him. Now, first of all, you see, to serve the Lord, you have to be saved. There are people in pulpits and there are people all over the world that are trying to serve God and they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You have missed the boat, bud. I'm sorry. God says you must first be redeemed. You must be purchased. You must trust in Jesus Christ. You must be saved. You must be born again. That only happens when you put your faith in Christ. With all of your heart, you trust in Him. You believe in Him. You receive Him as your Savior. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, save my soul. Save me, Lord. Just however you put it from your heart and talk to the Lord about that. Trust in Jesus Christ. You can't serve the Lord. That's why you have so many crazy, crazy religions, crazy things on the television where um, you have crazy things being said by crazy people that don't know Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You've got to be redeemed, first of all. Secondly, the Lord says, in the end of verse 30, uh, Entering you shall find a colt tied wherein yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. Now what was, what was going on with that colt? Well, it was tied up. Like you tie up your horse, you tie up the colt. Why? When well, they could wander off, maybe there was offenses or whatever, but it was tied. So it had some kind of a rope or a leather tether or something fastened to what? To some kind of a post or something that went where? To the earth, to the ground. That thing was attached to the ground. You get saved what the Lord wants you to be loosed, wants you to be untied from earthly things. Isn't it funny as we go on in our lives sometimes that we just start getting more and more things piling up that we have and such and we get closer and closer to the world perhaps. And it's not right. That's why we need revival all the time looking at this and thinking about it and praying about it and spending time. How come people don't read their Bibles and pray much anymore? I mean, some people do, I suppose. But it's not as much as should be. If there was, we would see wonderful and tremendous things happening because we're tied to the world in some way. Something's got hold of us and it's tying us down. God wants you to be free from the things of the world. He wants you to be free to serve Jesus Christ. It's not wrong to have things, to have hobbies or whatever. But Jesus Christ first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And all those other things, if the Lord asks you, they're gone. I want that. Okay, here it is. Do away with it. Okay, there it is. To be loosed and untied. Now these things are in here for us to look at and, and uh, examine ourselves. We don't need to examine others. We examine ourselves. To serve God, to serve Jesus Christ, a person must be first, firstly saved, born again, faith in Christ. I heard somebody the other day say, just have faith. Just have faith and it'll work out. Well, that's only half of the, the thing, you know. Faith doesn't stand by itself. Faith has an object. What are you having faith in yourself? 
You've got to have your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you have faith that in Him, that He went to, that He's the, the Son of God, that He went to the cross for your sins, that He died on that cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead for your justification? I believe in Jesus Christ with all my heart. You'll be saved. Mm -hmm. You've got to be saved. And you have to be loosed from the things of the earth. Wasn't it a wonderful thing when you first got saved? And you looked at the things that you had and so on and so forth, and you could see the things that were wrong, the things of the earth and so on and so forth. I remember I, uh, I had an extensive record collection. I mean, it's probably worth an absolute fortune today. But we went through it, and uh, two of our boys were uh, old enough to swing an axe. We took the pile of them out to the garage and chopped them into pieces. And it was just a wonderful thing. Eh? Some of the... The worst, some of the worst of the worst stuff. Your eyes are open. You say, oh, this isn't right. Get rid of this. And uh, things of the earth. Maybe you've got something in your life now. Maybe I've got something now. Maybe, Lord, show us. Show us. And He will show us. you got things that are holding you down, holding you back. You need to be loosed. You need to be let go. He needed to be uh, severed from the world, first redeemed, and then loosed, free to serve. And we read, uh, we read for the third thing in verse 30, whereon yet never man sat, unridden, unbroken, this thing was, this, this little colt. It was, it, was, it was wild in that sense. Uh, nobody had ever sat on it or wrote it yet. Sometimes that's a bit of a problem for the person trying to ride that thing, first of all. It's like, have uh, you ever watched some uh, uh, people trying to uh, uh, tame horses and stuff? It it's, can be a dangerous thing. Um, there's a word used, I forget what it is, it's uh, called used to the hand. And the animal has to become used to the, the hand of the owner, of its master. Okay? Even Christians today, some are still wild. They're not used to the hand of the Master. They're not listening to the Lord. They're not looking to the Lord. They're not looking to the Lord for direction. Not used to the hand. And this donkey, and yet, even though it was wild, you wouldn't necessarily want to be the first one to try and sit on it. It wouldn't maybe want to get rid of it. But here they take Jesus and sit him on it, and it's absolutely, perfectly submissive to the Master. Perfectly submissive to the Lord. I believe that when Jesus touched that animal, it was just as, as calm as could be. You get saved, you get loosed from the earth, and Jesus says, I want something of you. I want you to do this thing. And there's just a calmness and a quietness and a peace. I'll do that for Jesus, whatever. You have to be absolutely submissive to Christ. Speak, Lord, thy servant hears. And Jesus uh, sat on him. There's absolute, absolute submission. So you've got to be redeemed. You've got to be loosed from the things of the earth. You've got to be absolutely submissive to the hand of the Lord. He may ask us to do things. I remember we were sitting in, was in the um, chapel at the Bible school one time, and, and uh, they had a, a speaker come in, and it was about going to this particular people. And I got up, and I had to walk out because I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to do that thing that he was talking about. I, I, went, I went home, I went up to our trailer. 
And I knew the Lord was talking to me, I don't want to do that. And I had to come to a point and say, okay, Lord, whatever you want. And guess what? Then I get a letter, guess where from? From the, where I didn't want to go. <laughs> it's okay, Lord. But when you come into that place where you're absolutely submissive to Christ, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem then. You're glad to do what He wants you to do. But we have to be submissive to Christ first. Maybe we're not at the outset. The fourth thing we want to look at, we had to look at this, this donkey. This is a colt, okay? It's not as strong as a full-grown donkey, but it's strong enough. It had to be able to take the strain of the weight of the master sitting on it. Mm -hmm. And it was prepared to do so because that's what it was designed to do. To carry the Lord, to take him wherever he needed to go. And he was going to go on what we call the triumphal entry into the city, Jerusalem, where they wanted to kill him. He knew that this is what was going to happen. He knew what the cross was all about. And he knew that four days later, that's where he was going to be. But yet he did. For you and me, he rode in there. And this little donkey was prepared and could take the strain of the weight. As the prophets of old said that, uh, and the Bible says they had to bear the burden of the Lord. The Lord will have a burden for them and they would, they would take it to the people. Sometimes being a believer brings a weight when uh, family or friends don't understand. Remember when you got saved and all of a sudden the people that were your friends are not anymore? They don't really want to have you around or whatever, you know? That's a bit of a weight. You're disliked, you're misunderstood. The Bible says in Matthew 11:29, the Lord's yoke is light and His burden is easy. And we're looking at the Lord here. We're looking at Him to, we want to carry Him. We can take the strain. We can take those things that the world throws at us. The world is not our friend. It's your enemy. And the things of the world are enemy. But we stand. Here I stand. God help me. Who said that? Martin Luther. Remember that? Had to take the, the strain of the weight. And the fifth thing. That donkey had to lift up the master. as only Jesus would be seen. And as he rode in, the crowd shouted uh, about the Savior, save us now, Hosanna, all those things that they shouted. And they didn't say, oh, isn't that a nice donkey? <laughs> they didn't look at the donkey, they didn't even see it. Hey, it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about Jesus Christ. It's not about our popularity or any such thing. It's about Jesus Christ. The Bible tells in Psalms a verse something like, Not unto us, O God, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory and honor and praise. Not unto us. They cried, Hosanna to the Son of David. They only saw Jesus. You can't be in the picture at all. This is about Jesus Christ, not about us. And oftentimes we get our we get all flustered and nobody's paying attention to me and nobody listens to what I say. You know, wring our hands. Well, it's not about us. Could you imagine if some of the prophets, Jeremiah, he says, oh, nobody's listening. What's the point? <laughs> he said to Ezekiel, they're not going to listen to you, Ezekiel. They're not going to pay attention and they're not going to heed your words, but you go and tell them anyways. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. 
It's not unto us. Not about us. It's about the Lord. They didn't even notice the donkey. The Bible says, I think it was John the Baptist said that he must increase. I must what? Decrease. He must increase. I must decrease. We sometimes get that the other way around, don't we? As time goes on sometimes. It doesn't have to be. You have to be redeemed. You have to be loosed from the things of the earth. You have to be absolutely submissive to Christ. You have to be able to take the strain of the weight. When you get, become a Christian, there's difficult things. Sometimes it's tough. And you have to lift up the Master. Not yourself. You have to lift up the Master. He must increase. And we must decrease. And this servant must walk worthy. This donkey had to be sure-footed. Had to be careful where he placed his foot, where he stepped. You don't want to step on a rock. You want to step in a pothole. You don't want to do anything that would stumble. Could you imagine if that donkey tripped over something or stepped in a hole and stumbled and the Lord fell off? Boy, boy, that would be, that's awful. It didn't happen like that. But we must walk and conduct ourselves in this world in a worthy manner and walk circumspectly so we do not stumble and let the Lord down. For when we stumble, for when the Christian stumbles, it reflects on God, doesn't it? It reflects on God. You must think about that. This donkey was walking circumspectly, which simply means to be looking circumspect, looking around, he's walking, he's very careful. Very careful that he did not stumble. The Lord is depending on us not to stumble. Don't let the things of the world cause you to stumble. Just watch where you're going. Watch what's going on. Be careful. You belong to the Lord. He is counting on you to not let Him down. Our enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And these things will try and work against us and work against us. It's terrible. Psalm 23, in one part of one of the lines there, it says, For His name's sake. It's His name. It's His name that's at stake. David had that uh, adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and a child was born, and he caused Bathsheba's husband to be murdered. And the third thing that he did that the Lord was upset with him about was not only the adulterous affair or the murder of Uriah, it said that you have caused the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. It's just serious stuff to walk worthy. Just simply, simply that. His name is at stake. Don't let him down. Don't let him down. And the seventh thing, we're getting near the end here. Hang on. The beast of burden. The beast of burden, that donkey, and us must enter into his sufferings to experience, to feel what the Lord feels. To feel the master's uh, sorrow for the lost. You look at verse 41. And when he was come near, that was near to the city, he beheld the city and he wept. As they're coming near the city, Jesus looked at it and he starts to cry. Now that word there, that word uh, wept means strong crying. He's just letting it all out. 
because he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen that they are uh, against and they're rebellious people and they're in a bad place to feel the master's sorrow for the lost. One preacher said one time, don't ever preach on hell without a tear in your eye because it's a terrible thing, folks. It's a terrible, terrible thing. We should all do personal studies on that subject. When you look at people, you go to the grocery store, wherever you go, the people that you meet and so on and so forth, you work with or whatever, you see them as Jesus Christ sees them. He's weep, he weeps over them. We ought to too. We pass people by and never give them a second, second thought. It doesn't take much to take a track out of your pocket and hand it to somebody or lay it down somewhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much if you're real timid. You don't need to be timid. It's the, uh, the fear of man brings a snare. We need to be bold as bold as a, uh, bold as a lie. Could you imagine if we had, if we had in our possession the medicine and the know-how how to cure cancer? Or any illness, or all illnesses. What a thing. We'd hide it, right? No, you wouldn't. You'd make it known. This is far beyond that. We've already done this a couple weeks ago. It was far beyond that. A cure for the medicine that's going to kill everybody. To feel the master's sorrow. And Jesus wrote in verse 41, When he came near, he beheld the city and wept over it. He wept over Jerusalem. He knew it was going to happen. He looked and he saw where he was going, the people there, and he cried and he cried and he shed his tears. And the idea is strong crying to tremble with grief. Now let's just stop and think about that for a minute. The donkey, the colt, knew that he was crying. There would be tears, there would be some movement, some shaking. Because this, is this isn't just a, 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 a minor little crying, this is strong crying. Tears, uh, shaking and trembling with grief. The donkey would feel the shakings and hear the cries of the Lord. And he'd know that the heart of the Savior was broken over these people. And all the people that we come across, uh, come across our paths on a, on a daily basis, and most of them are going to hell. The Bible says that few find the narrow way, many go down the Broadway that leads to destruction. We need to see people as Jesus Christ sees them. Mm -hmm. Condemned already. John chapter 3, verses 17 to 19 talks about the condemnation. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. People are condemned already. But Jesus has done it all, made a way for every person to come out of that, to leave that condemnation behind. He took it on Calvary's cross, took your sins on Calvary's cross, took your condemnation, took the whole thing and paid for it. He could do that because he's the Son of God, God the Son, God manifest in the flesh. There he was on the cross for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That donkey would feel him, uh, the shaking and the tears could feel. The beast of burden must enter into his sufferings. Number eight, the last one. The donkey, then we can see, gave his whole body to Jesus Christ. And we don't hear a word from him, not a sound out of him. 
<laughs> he didn't complain about the job he had to do. And it was his job to do this one particular thing. You're not going to get any glory but for it, but you've got to do this. you just got to carry the Lord through. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of, mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable service, he says. The donkey gave his whole body to bring Christ to the nation, to the lost. Gave everything he had to bring Jesus. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a somebody. Oftentimes you hear people say, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and who am I? You don't have, it's better if you're not. <laughs> it's better if you're not anybody. You're just a beast of burden, get that through. We're just beasts of burden. Take the burden of the Lord, the, the, uh, 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 the sorrow in God's heart for the lost. We can be that donkey, we can be that colt for Jesus Christ. Just a donkey. In 1 Corinthians, Chapter 1, you write this down if you're writing things down. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. We're talking about just being not being a not need to be anybody important. Just, just a beast of burden. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, yea, God, or hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. He has chosen the base things of the world. If we ever get thinking that we're pretty good at something, we just need to be reminded of that. Sometimes I say, Lord, Lord, I think sometimes you made a mistake. You've chosen too base of an individual to do this for you. But he says, that's what it is. And that's how it has to be. Because no flesh will glory in my presence. It's not about us. It's about him, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just the donkey. The base and foolish things of the world. And there we are. Will you serve the Lord? Can the Lord use you? Can the Lord use you? Anybody? Yes, He can. He wants to. Now the question is, are you willing? There's the question. Are you willing to be a beast of burden for the Lord Jesus Christ? You must be redeemed, born again, saved. You must be loosed, worldly ties gone. The world is, this world is not our home. You must be submissive to Christ. You must be prepared to take the weight. You must lift up the Master so only him is, him is seen. Only He is seen. You must walk worthy of the Master so as not to let the Master down. No stumbling. You must enter into His sufferings. Weep for the lost. And you must give your all to bring Christ to the nations. It's your duty. What about you? Are you willing to live for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to be that beast of burden today, now? If so, you tell him, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let's pray. Our Father, we just want to thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for these things we can look at. 
We want to thank you, Lord, that you do choose the, the base things of the world. And Lord, what a blessing when we see these things applied into ourselves, Lord. We just pray you'd help us, Lord, that we'd be willing to be that beast of burden for Jesus Christ. Time's getting on. Lord, we just pray that you'd help us, Lord. We need revival in our hearts just to come to you and just present ourselves before you. Lord, use me. Send me, Lord. And Father, we just thank you now for your grace, and we thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening, folks, and thanks for joining in the broadcast, folks. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. Thank you.